بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وبه نستعين ونصلي ونسلم على خاتم النبيين محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا إلى يوم الدين أما بعد اللهم لا علم لنا إلا ما علمتنا إنك أنت العليم الحكيم اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا اللهم إنا نعوذ بك من علم لا ينفع ومن قلب لا يخشع ومن نفس لا تشبع ومن عين لا تدمع ومن دعاء إلا يسمع رب يسر ولا تعسر وتم بالخير وبك نستعين رب شرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل الأقدة من لساني يفقه قولي اللهم My dear brothers and sisters in Islam, my dear mothers and fathers, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. I'd like to begin by sharing my heartfelt gratitude to Green Lane Masjid, to Sheikh Ahsan Hanif, and to Sheikh and brother Adil Salim for this heartfelt invite for it brings fond memories of my time with you all just over a year ago. And indeed, time flies. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless those involved in the running of this masjid, as well as everyone in attendance, for indeed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is above all able. I also ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make our blessed gathering to, together in his house, a gathering that hears a good word and follows it, and a gathering that is forgiven upon its departure. And I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us from amongst those that see our sitting here in the year after when we meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to make our sitting together a means of beautifying our Jannah. For indeed, our coming together has to be first and foremost to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yes, we might intend to learn something, and I pray that inshallah we do, but our first priority should be the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Our first priority should be that our sitting together is to make heavier our scales of good deeds on the day of Qiyamah. For first, we have ibadah, and then a byproduct of this ibadah is that we will learn inshallah. So let us keep our intentions in its correct place. The topic for this evening, as was shared with me a few weeks ago, was the verse or the ayah, which is more appropriate, in the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَهُدُوا إِلَى الطَّيِّبِ مِنَ الْقَوْلِ وَهُدُوا it is an ayah in Surah Al-Hajj where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says and they were guided to a goodly word and they were guided to a praiseworthy path. They were guided to a praiseworthy path. Now, this is a very important topic and the way that it's been uh, aligned because one important component with regards to ourselves and the relationship with the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is our lack of practice of a concept known as tadabbur. Our lack of practice of a concept known as tadabbur. Alhamdulillah, 
in the ummah, we have many that memorize the Quran. And that is praiseworthy. We have many that read the Quran and recite it. And that is praiseworthy as well. And we have many that listen to the Quran and in all these activities are vast and great rewards. However, there is another dimension that we should be having with the Quran. Another relationship that we should be having with the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this dimension in reality is the essence behind the revelation of Al-Quran. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala teaches us in his book the essence behind the revelation of Al-Quran. And this essence or this concept or this phenomenon and this dimension is known as tadabbur. Our ability to contemplate and deliberate over the ayat that exist in the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And with correct deliberation and contemplation, we stand a chance of learning several lessons that might not be something that we take into consideration when we look at the apparent nature of an ayah. But when we ponder over it, we find the secrets of the ayah coming to light and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala opens the hearts of the believers as He wills. Now, this relationship with the Qur'an in the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, utilizing all its dimensions was something that the pious predecessors before us were big on. If I can use that colloquial term. In fact, we find from them, irrespective of their great achievements in the fields of fiqh, and their great achievements in the fields of hadith, we find them saying towards the end of their lives that we wish we could have dedicated our entire life only to the study of the Qur'an. Because no matter how long you sit with the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you will never ever comprehend all its intricacies. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in his book, regarding the Qur'an, he says, كِتَابٌ أَنزَلْنَاهُ إِلَيْكَ مُبَارَكٌ لِيَدَّبَّرُوا آيَاتِهِ وَلِيَتَذَكَّرَ أُولُو الْأَلْبَابِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reveals to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and he says this book is a blessed book which we have revealed to you O Muhammad. Why? So that they may ponder and deliberate over its ayat over its lessons, over its signs, and so that those of understanding will remember. And this is why we say it's inappropriate to translate an ayah as a verse. Because an ayah is more comprehensive in meaning than a verse as we know it in the English language. The ayah is more comprehensive. It has a meaning and then there are many secrets behind that meaning which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala opens for whom He wills based on their sincerity and based on their journey with the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and in particular this concept of tadabbur. Now, Ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullah, he explains the ayah in the Qur'an where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us the statement of Muhammad ibn Abdullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam where Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam will say, إِنَّ قَوْمِ اتَّخَذُوا هَذَا الْقُرْآنَ مَهْجُورًا That my people have abandoned this Qur'an. And Ibn al-Qayyim goes on to mention several ways that a person can abandon the Qur'an. 
by not reciting it, or maybe not reciting it with its rules, by not memorizing it, and so on and so forth. And one of the aspects that he cites and spends time discussing is this concept of tadabbur. He says that a person who does not develop this dimension with the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then this person has contributed to negligence with the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. And that is why we as an ummah should request from our scholars time and time again to ensure that there are always durus pertaining to the study of the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala running at, at any given time irrespective of the other lessons going on, be it in fiqh, be it in hadith, and so on and so forth, we should ensure and we should make sure that we spend time once these lessons are opened up for us to attend. For we are learning that which is the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make this a gathering of tadabbur. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make this a gathering in which or a gathering that is rather surrounded by angels, a gathering that has the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala falling upon us, and a gathering in which everyone present is content. For alhamdulillah, we have come together in the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to study from the book of Allah, Rabbul Izzati wal Jalal, Al Wahidul Qahar. And our beloved Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said in an authentic hadith, مجتمع قوم في بيت من بيوت الله تعالى يتلون كتاب الله ويتدارسونه فيما بينهم إلا نزلت عليهم السكينة وغشيتهم الرحمة وحفت بهم الملائكة وذكرهم الله في من عنده رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم said that there's no group of people that come together in a house from the houses of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala يتلون كتاب الله they recite the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ويتدارسونه فيما بينهم and they study together تدارس they study together the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala إلا نزلت عليهم السكينة except that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala causes contentment to fall upon them. Subhanallah. Nazalat alayhim al-sakina wa ghashiyatkum al-rahma and they become engulfed with the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wa hafat bihim al-malaikatu and angels are commanded to surround that particular gathering and we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to surround this gathering with angels wa dhakarahum Allahu fi man indah and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions that gathering to those that are with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mention us by name to those that are with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What a great honor. Not so? What a great honor it would be for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to mention yourself and myself by name to those that are with Him. As stated earlier, the topic for today is ayah number 24 in Surah Al-Hajj where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَهُدُوا إِلَى الطَّيِّبِ مِنَ الْقَوْلِ وَهُدُوا إِلَى صِرَاطِ الْحَمِيدِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions this ayah in Surah Al-Hajj after telling us about the prize of the believers and that they will be in Jannah. And He tells us about the great gifts that they will be showered with in Jannah. And then He tells us about the reasons behind their entrance into Jannah. Wa alaikum wa rahmatullah. And 
When he cites these reasons, subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, وَهُدُوا إِلَى الطَّيِّبِ مِنَ الْقَوْلِ That these people of Jannah were guided to a goodly word. وَهُدُوا إِلَى صِرَاطِ الْحَمِيدِ And they were guided to a praiseworthy path. Now, what did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mean when he said, وَهُدُوا إِلَى الطَّيِّبِ مِنَ الْقَوْلِ They were guided to a goodly word. What did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mean when he said a goodly word? The ulama of tafsir have mentioned several reasons or several meanings rather regarding At-Tayyib min al-Qawl. Some have said At-Tayyib min al-Qawl refers to their recitation of the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So they were guided towards the recitation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's book. Others have said At-Tayyib min al-Qawl refers to La ilaha illallah. That there is no one worthy of worship besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is the correct translation of la ilaha illallah. Sometimes we see translation stating there is no God but God. And that is not a clear depiction of the article of faith. The correct translation is there is no one worthy of worship besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So some of the mufassirun have said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala intends by the statement, La ilaha illallah. Whilst others have said, At-tayyib min al-qawl refers to Al-amr bil-ma'roof wal-nahi anil munkar. It refers to inviting to and warning against evil. So we have a range of explanations by the ulama of tafsir regarding the meaning of At-tayyib min al-qawl. But what we need to understand is that even though we have different explanations regarding the meaning of Al-Tayyib bin Al-Qawl. What is clear and what is manifest is that these different translations do not oppose each other. It's not ikhtilaf at-tadad. It's not a difference of opinion where one opinion is cancelling out the other. Rather, they complement each other. It's ikhtilaf at-tawafuq. As uh, some of the ulama state, it is a difference in explanation. However, each explanation complements each other. So it is correct to say that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala intended by At-Tayyib bin Al-Qawl, the recitation of the Qur'an, as well as saying La ilaha illallah, as well as inviting towards good and preventing from evil. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, وَهُدُوا إِلَى صِرَاطِ الْحَمِيدِ And they were guided towards a praiseworthy path. And the ulama of tafsir say, a praiseworthy path here refers to Islam. Refers to Islam. This submission to the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in every moment that we live in. This is the true meaning of Islam. Submission to the word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in every second that you live in. So this is what the ulama have said. Today, O servants of Allah and O children of Adam, I want to ponder and deliberate with you all over Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala statement, وَهُدُوا إِلَى الطَّيِّبِ مِنَ الْقَوْلِ That they were guided towards a goodly word. For if we ponder over this, we actually learn the importance of having a regulated tongue in our life. That subhanallah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us about the people of Jannah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us about the gifts that will be showered over the people of Jannah. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala cites a reason for their entry into Jannah. And that was their ability to look after their tongue.
La ilaha illallah. This one piece of flesh that exists as one entity with each and every one of us. We have two eyes, we have two nostrils to breathe with, we have two hands, we have two feet, but here we have a little piece of flesh and this is the tongue. And it exists as a single entity and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if we ponder and deliberate, teaches us that this small piece of flesh is a means of great success in the year after. Now, if we look at the evidences of the Sharia collectively, one thing that is manifestly clear is that our Sharia advises us time and time again, irrespective of the form of evidence towards having a regulated tongue, towards looking after our tongue. There are many ayat. If we look in the book of Allah, Rabbul Izzati wal Jalal, Al Wahid al Qahar, Al Ahad, Al Farud, Al Samad, if we look in his book, we find Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saying, in an ayah, which we hear every Friday, Allah says, Ya sadida. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks to the believers. Says, O oh you who believe. Speaking to yourself and myself. And we know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala addresses a range of people in his book. For sometimes he addresses mankind in general. But here he specifically addresses the believers. And as Ibn Mas'ud famously said, when you read the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, adopt a form of respect. And when you hear that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala addresses you, oh believer, then sit up and pay attention. For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, after his address, is either going to command you towards something or warn you against something. So what has Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded us here? Allah says, be God conscious of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Fear the punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala cite as a means of attaining a taqwa? وَقُولُوا قَوْلًا sadida, And say, or always speak the truth. Allah commands us towards taqwa and then says, sadida." So we learn that saying a truthful word and being honest is a means towards the attainment of a taqwa. Subhanallah. And taqwa is indeed the recipe for one's entry into Jannah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Isra, وَقُلْ لِعِبَادِي يَقُولُ الَّتِي هِيَ أَحْسَنُ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says and say to my slaves. And say to my slaves. In the previous ayah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala addressed us as the believers. And here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says and say to my slaves, يَقُولُ الَّتِي They should say that which is better. أحسن They should ensure that they speech consists of the best of words. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes the ibadur rahman the slaves of ar-Rahman, in Surah Al-Furqan. And he says from their qualities, وَإِذَا خَاطَبَهُمُ الْجَاهِلُونَ قَالُوا سَلَامَةً That when they are spoken to by those that are ignorant, they don't respond in an ignorant manner. 
They rather say salama, peace be unto you. They don't drop themselves to the level of those that are ignorant and they ensure that they continuously maintain the best of all speeches. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Ankabut, in Surah Al-Ankabut, وَلَا تُجَادِلُوا أَهْلَ الْكِتَابِ إِلَّا بِالَّتِي هِيَ أَحْسَنِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commands us not to argue with the people of the book except in a way which is better. Subhanallah. Even with non-Muslims, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reminds us to maintain ourselves in our speech and to ensure that we are utilizing this flesh to our benefit as a ni'mah and not to our downfall and punishment for indeed then it will be a ni'mah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Fatir, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ascends all goodly words. All goodly words and the righteous deeds of the person exalted. La ilaha illallah. So our sharia has really covered all the angles when it comes to us and our tongues and the usage of our tongues. In fact, if we look in Surah Al-Baqarah, we find Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala teaching the ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to look after their words to such a degree that if a word may have a a double-barreled meaning and one of the meanings could entail something evil, then the believer should stay away from it. Some words could mean one meaning and could mean another. If one of the two meanings is not praiseworthy, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commands us to stay away from it. And this we learn from tadabbur. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Ya ladina amanu, O you who believe, la taqulu ra'ina, wa wasma'u. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commands the believers not to address Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam by saying ra'ina. Because that's what they used to do. Because this word has a good connotation. However, the Jews were addressing the Prophet ﷺ with this word, but they intended the evil connotation from the usage of this word. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told the believers to stay away from that word, rather say, O Prophet, undurna, look at us, wasma'u, and listen to us. So this is the extent in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in his book has guided us towards the correct usage of our tongue. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not do so except if it had a great prize upon its correct usage. And indeed, it does. Very quickly, if we look at the sunnah, it's a bit warm here. If we look at the sunnah, we find that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, مَنْ كَانَ يُؤْمِنْ بِاللَّهِ وَالْيَوْمِ الْآخِرِ فَلْيَقُلْ خَيْرًا أَوْ لِيَصْمُتْ Whoever believes in Allah and the last day, فَلْيَقُلْ خَيْرًا They should say good, أَوْ لِيَصْمُتْ Or keep silent. Ajeeb piece of advice. Wallahi, amazing piece of advice. And the Arabs themselves knew the importance of a good word, for we hear the words of a famous poet when he said, مَا إِن نَدِمْتُ عَلَى السُّكُوتِ مَرَّةً وَلَقَدْ نَدِمْتُ عَلَى الْكَلَامِ مِرَارًا The poet said that I never ever regretted being silent, but I continually regretted 
opening my mouth. And we know that. I'm sure we've seen the famous saying that when you silent, you have a latch on your words. But when you speak, your words have a latch on you. And that's a fact. People are judged based on how they speak. People are judged based on how they speak. Sometimes we're in a gathering and someone walks in and they look like a person of honor and, sorry, a person of honor and respect, right? And we have a perception of them. Until when? Until they open their mouths, right? Like the famous story with Abu Hanifa, rahimahullah. That once he was in a gathering with his students and the norm of a teacher when he's with his students that he stays with day, day in and day out is he relaxes with them. So he was teaching his dars and he had his feet stretched out. And one day an elderly man walked into the majlis. So Abu Hanifa immediately brought his feet forward. He brought his feet inwards. He sat with adab and respect because this is a foreign person, a person with a beard, a person that looked wise. So Abu Hanifa acted accordingly. And this person remained silent in that gathering. And Abu Hanifa would continue to teach. And then a day came, and there are many variations of this narration. A day came when Abu Hanifa was teaching the book of Siyam. The book of Siyam. So this sheikh put up his hand. He put up his hand. So Abu Hanifa said, Tafaddal. And he said, I have a question. What if the beginning of Ramadan happens to fall on the 10th of Dhul Hijjah, the day of Eid? Do we have to fast? So Abu Hanifa answered and said, If the first of Ramadan happens to fall, on the 10th of the Hijjah, then it's time for Abu Hanifa to stretch his legs out again. Right? So, basically, this tongue makes us or breaks us in this world and in the year after. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect our tongues. Amin. This tongue, O servants of Allah and O children of Adam, is from good character. And the Ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is in great need of good character. By Allah, we are in great need of character. Especially today, where we are traversing difficult times in da'wah. And we need to make sure that the first point of da'wah is our character and our akhlaq. People see Islam before they hear Islam. Today, unfortunately, people hear Islam and they read about Islam, but they don't see Islam. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us. Wallahi, it is a great misrepresentation on, on our part. When the Prophet sallallahu was a moving Qur'an. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said that he is the best of examples for us. Subhanallah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us. We are in great need of da'wah. This particular tongue, O servants of Allah, is a means of good character. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that indeed a believer, la yudrik bihusni khuluqihi darajat as-sa'im al-qa'im. La ilaha illallah. That a believer 
will reach the levels of the one who spends the night in prayer and the levels of the one who fasts regularly just through his good character. And this tongue is from good character. If you want the rewards of those who observe the salawat when we are all asleep and those who fast during the day when we are all eating, then look after your akhlaq. And one of the first avenues of looking after your character is by looking after your tongue. For good character is everything, O servants of Allah. And the famous poet Ahmed, Shawqi, the Egyptian poet, what did he say? He said, That nations remain and they are known for as long as their character remains. Subhanallah. فَإِنْهُمُ ذَهَبَتْ And once their character dissipates and leaves them, أَخْلَاقُهُمْ ذَهَبُ They also dissipate and become no more. We all know how Islam spread to Indonesia and these other countries. It spread through akhlaq, through at-tayyib min al-qawl. And we are in great need, O servants of Allah, for good character.